Welcome to Mary Liar Talks, a podcast that discusses mental health and spiritual well-being. Before we jump in, there may be episodes that are particularly sensitive for some listeners. And if that applies, then I hope you'll be able to join me whenever you feel ready and able. In today's episode, I'm with guest Vinnie Garrett, who walked down the aisle for the first time in her late 40s. Vinnie talks about past relationships, her journey to preparing for marriage as a bachelorette, and what her biggest fears were. Let's join in the conversation. Tell me what life was like as a single person. Yeah, tell me about what life was like. Life as a single person has had a lot of ups and downs. A lot, a lot, a lot of ups and downs. Um, I would say my journey really started uh, with my single life when I moved to Maryland because um, I've, I've been here like 20 years. Um I had just broken up with um, a long-term boyfriend. Uh, we were going to get married. We were engaged. And yeah, I broke it off because uh, he didn't know me. I, and I knew he didn't know me. So even though it was I'm a sorry. long-term relationship. Yeah. Let me, let me rephrase that. I wasn't ready. I didn't know he wasn't the one for me, but I knew that I wasn't ready. I thought I was, mm. but I, I, I definitely was not ready. Um, and so I moved here. I was just like, mm, I'm coming to Maryland and I'm going to find me a husband. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so to speak. I like positivity. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? It's a new place. I'm not married. I don't have any kids. I don't have any responsibilities. I'm 32. Let's do this. Oh, yeah. Um, but full of a lot of ups and downs. As soon as I got here, I was ready to go back to Philadelphia. Like, got in a long relationship with a gentleman um i was with him for almost seven years um at that time i was working full-time retail which means you know long hours my schedule changed uh i didn't get a lot of time off i didn't get regular vacation nothing about my job or my life was regular everything was always up in the air like a three-ring circus so he was already in a relationship for six years when he decided to get in a relationship with me. Oh, okay. And when I finally realized that when we broke up and this was on my 40th birthday, Mm. right after my 40th birthday, um, we broke up and I was devastated. Because you found out? At that time, (laughs) at that time, I didn't know. He broke up with me um, and he blamed it on me moving to another part of Maryland. Mm -hmm. Um, So he was like, I can't do the commute. Um, Just any old excuse, which is also what really hurt. Like Mm. we talked about getting married, dude. Like, what do you, what do you mean? Um, I found out later, (laughs) this is how, you know, God works so mysteriously. I wound up getting unemployed um, and started working for uh, an accountant, the same accountant that he sent me to, to get my taxes done. And the first thing that he said when he saw me, the accountant, he's like, hey, uh, did you hear about Marty? No, hear what? Oh, he's getting married. The inside of me, like, mind you, this is just months. So he's telling me he's getting married. And I'm like, what? Unbeknownst to me, the young lady that was working there with me, it would be his new sister-in-law. 
And she didn't know that who I was. I didn't know who she was. This is how it all came out. She was showing me mm-hmm. pictures of her recent wedding. And I said, who's that? That is my brother-in-law. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. my sister. He's standing next to my sister. I was like, oh, okay. How long have they been together? Again, she has no idea yeah. that I just broke up with this man. Between that and being 40 and not having any kids, it... It did something to me mm-hmm. and um, I I got I was depressed for a long time. Um, I saw my primary doctor and I said, something's not right. I need help. My thoughts are doom and gloom and I, I just can't. I'm a very positive person. I can't seem to wrap my head around anything like anything positive. Like, okay, I'm going to send you to someone. And through working with him as a therapist, um, he was amazing. Um, and I labeled it as tools in my tool chest. So these tools he was giving me were life altering and life changing. Like my whole mindset just changed after we started seeing each other through therapy. It was great. And God led me to this therapist because he was amazing. Um, while I was with him, I became unemployed. I lost my job. That's really where my journey started with Dr. Long and with God being in such a low place, like just starting from scratch of like, I'm 40 and I have no prospects of being married or even close to. Listen, um, when I was 40, it wasn't your normal 40. And I'm just going to say this. You make 40 whatever you want it to be, right? If you you want to be the spinster, you go ahead and you do that. If you want to be the of age young lady and I'm just waiting for the right person to come along, then you can be that person too. You can also be the 40-year-old who's living up their life. So Vinny, your therapist mm-hmm. really was able to bring you out of that place. He really was. So age 40, I started seeing him. Um, I'd say I broke up with my boyfriend, right? And a year later, I was seeing a therapist, about 41. And he laid out for me some very simple things that, you know, no one ever teaches you. And one of them is vulnerability. Okay. In order to fall in love and to sustain love, you have to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. It literally goes down to the basics of men and caveman days and right hunters gathers. I'm the provider. You're the, you have to be at that point in in a woman's life to have someone hunt for them. You have to be vulnerable. You have to allow that to happen as we've gone through time. We've gotten away from that. I'm an independent black woman. (laughs) Yeah. That doesn't lend itself to you getting a husband, being an independent black woman. So that was one of your key takeaways and learnings from huge, huge. I'm, I'm, I'm from New York. I'm the product of a single mother. Um, My parents were married for a short period of time, but it was just me and her. I was a latchkey kid. I came home on my own. I left the house on my own. My mom was already gone to work by the time, by the time I got ready to leave. And, you know, I often cooked dinner. I did everything, but not really realizing or not even really knowing that is a detriment. <laughs> this independence, this thing we call independence that we've labeled is a detriment to finding that vulnerability within your life to allow someone to come in and help. Why would I do that? I know how to do everything myself. So <laughs> then when did you meet your, when did you meet your hubby? 
I met him in 2012 because we both worked at the same place. Um, but at that time, he was going through a divorce. So he was married. So we weren't friends. I just knew Carlos is someone who worked downstairs <laughs> in the cash office. Um, but when we started hanging out mm-hmm. is when we became close. And that was in 2015. Mm-hmm. So before you met your hubby, what was your, what would you say was your biggest fear or concern? Um, and I don't know if that changed before you had the therapy and after, but you, while you were still single, what was your biggest fear or concern? I didn't want to die never being married like my okay. grandmother. Right. Okay. Like my father's mother. I didn't want to get married and then get divorced like my mom. Right. Okay. And in my family, there's only one example of a good marriage, a good relationship. Um, yeah, just one. And it shows because not a lot of us are married. <laughs> mm-hmm. So f- what I'm hearing is that getting married was very important to you. And staying married, so finding the one was also very important. So I don't want to do this again. I'm not going into it for the wedding. I'm going into it for the marriage. And so many people forget about the marriage and they focus on the wedding. And none of those things at that stage in my life mattered. None of it. Not the dress, not the venue. Mm. Is, mm. is my future husband there? Is my mom there? That's all I care about. Mm-hmm. Where it is, I don't care. What I'm wearing doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So when you met your hubby, and I know you said that you met him earlier, a few years prior, before you twelve, before you mm-hmm. got into a relationship with him. So when you met him later, how did you know, or did you know he was the one? Oh gosh, no. Uh, Carlos, uh, it's not my type. He wasn't. He wasn't my type. Um, I'm a very gregarious person. I go out to clubs. I go to bars. I have lots of friends. I, I'm at the front of the line. If you know, like that's my life. Um, I smoke cigars. I drink. (laughs) Don't tell anyone. (laughs) So too late. I know. (laughs) Um. So my life was very bachelorette like I went out on dates I I dated younger men um okay so and how many years younger would you say how how low did you go well when I say low you know what I mean age-wise I've had a 19 year difference before where I was 19 years older than the person that I was dating Penny you are a larger than life character Mm. Okay. I mean, I I had a lot of fun. Yeah, but to be to be honest, I have to I have to say this. Um, you you know, like quite often when people say, "Oh, you don't look your age," you don't look your age. You probably (laughs) look younger than that nineteen-year-old different guy. Yes. No one ever believed the age when I told them, like, "Oh, I'm 38." No, you're not. Oh, I'm 42. No, you're not. Oh, I'm 47. No, you're not. Yes, I am. I'm 54. Yeah. I promise. I'll be 55 next July. I can't wait. Yeah. Lord willing, I cannot wait. Yeah, you look like you're in your, I don't know, maybe 30. <laughs> yeah, you could probably get away with late 20s, actually. Yeah. You think so? 
I mean, I'm only seeing you virtually, so we're in, this you is know, true. So but you know, you could. I think you might be able to scrape through. You know, the late twenties. That's funny. <laughs> Thank you very right. much. So you had a very, let's call it, full on bachelorette. Bachelorette life. Yeah, had a bachelorette life. Um, so you got married before I got married. Um, and like I said, um, Carlos, he's older. Um, Carlos is three years older than me. Um, and in my experience with dating men my age or older, they're boring. <laughs> they have, they don't want to do anything. They don't want to experience anything new. They don't want to try anything new. Like, you know, I'll, I've jumped out of airplanes. Like I've done that twice, right? Like I'm an adventurous person. Like yeah. I need someone who's equally as adventurous as I am. I'm not a homebody. That is not who I am. And at that point, I still wanted to have kids. And a lot of older men, they already have their kids and they, they don't want to start all over again, so to speak. Okay. So you, you mentioned something very interesting. You said at that point, you still wanted to have kids. So talk me through like how your perception of marriage and having children changed. If it did, in your 20s, in your 30s, in your 40s, and maybe you dare say, let's not go with the 50s because you got married in your 40s. So let's just stay with the 20s, 30s, and 40s. How did your perception of marriage prior to getting married change over those decades and your perception of children and wanting children? So in my 20s, I wanted to get married. I knew that I wanted to get married. And at that point, it was definitely, I need a big wedding. I need the dress. I need the great venue. I need it. It wasn't really so much about the person that I was marrying and if it was going to be sustainable. It was who would accept me? <laughs> who wants to marry me? Um, honestly, it, it was. it's that simple, that simplistic. I mean, I'm sure being in the middle of it, didn't feel that way, but, mm. um, it was very simplistic. Like I, I, I wanted to have kids, but I also knew I didn't want a, a baby daddy. So I knew I wanted to be right. married and yeah. I did not want to go into this being a single mother from the beginning. Like I just sure. didn't want that in my thirties, yeah. same thing. Um, and I went back to school. I got my four year degree in my thirties. I had my two year degree. So I was way more career driven than I was in my twenties. Um, I got this 40 degree burning underneath me. What am I going to do now? Like, God, mm -hmm. the world is my oyster. I'm not married. I don't have kids. We'll just continue to date and whoever, whatever happens, it happens. But then when I met Jamar, Marty, oh, I, I could get married. Okay. I could see that again for myself in my thirties. I could see myself getting married and he had a child and all right, so he's already a great dad and he wants to have more kids. So this works out perfectly. And again, we all know how that ended. Yeah. yeah. So when it got to my 40s, yeah. I don't know if I'm going to have kids. Right. I don't know if I'm going to get married. Okay. I don't know if this is going to work out for me. I just, I don't see any viable suitors at that point. It was about a sustainable marriage. And I saw lots of people getting married and then three months in getting divorced or three yeah. years in getting divorced. And I did not want that to be my life. 
Okay. So then did that, in your 40s then, before you got married, would you say that your, because one of your big things before was you want to get married and you want to stay married. So Mm -hmm. was that less of a big thing for you then when it came into, when you came into your 40s? No, it was more important. It was it was even more important to make sure because desperation causes you to make desperate decisions. And I refuse to just get married to someone because they just asked me. No, I refuse to just settle. You know, when you're you're in this mindset of being in your 40s, you think of it as you're going to have to settle at some point not realizing it has nothing to do with settling. You actually know exactly what you want now. You're really more focused. In your 20s, like, I want him to be tall, dark, and handsome. And I want him to dress a certain way and drive a certain car and blah, blah, blah. In your 40s, it's, I want to have fun. I want someone who's going to grow old with me. I want someone who, if I happen to get cancer, is going to be at my bedside holding my hand and lying to me and telling me that I'm beautiful mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. saying that he loves me and that everything is going to be fine and he will not leave this bedside. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that is the thought that I had in my head. And if you can't fit that bill, if I didn't think that you were going to be at my bedside if I had cancer, mm-hmm. you didn't make it past the cut. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure, sure. You have to be gentle and kind and open-minded. All these other things that we just don't think about when you're thinking about a suitor, a someone, a a person who's going to be with me sustainably. It just wasn't in my my mind frame. Like it just it wasn't. And then in my forties, is like you can't even get past the first date if I don't think that you are gonna be worth my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because time is precious, you know. My time is extremely precious and you no longer get to waste it with your lies. (laughs) So let me ask you about, because you've mentioned God a few times, you know. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you how being, actually two questions. The first is, when you were, let's call it much younger, did you, what age did you think you'd get married by? 30. 30. Okay. And then when I broke up with my fiance, I knew that wasn't going to happen. Okay. So then let's say when you were 40 something and still not married, mm-hmm. what, um, how did you, how did you, that impact your faith and your faith in God in terms of what you wanted? Because it, it, it was a long extended time period when you were believing for something, expecting something to happen and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. You are in your mm-hmm. late 40s, mid late 40s, still single. Yeah. How did that affect your relationship with God and your faith? So I'll be honest, um, coming to know what uh, Dr. Long had taught me, I started to pray consistently okay. for God to prepare me for my husband and to prepare my husband for me. I've got to be prepared. This person has to be prepared for me. I'm a lot. I'm a lot. I don't we all are in our yeah. own way. We are a lot. And you have to meet someone whom you sustainably feel like if this person gets on my last nerve, do I still like them? Because mm-hmm. love is not going to keep you together. Mm. Love is not going to help you to make decisions. Mm. 
do I like this person and respect this person enough? And then do I respect us as a unit? Then do I respect myself? Not necessarily in that order. They all come up at different times. Like I wouldn't do anything that would make my husband or my brand look crazy. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't. I would never do that. And if you are the type of person who yells and screams out in public, slams doors, or from afar, if I can tell that you two aren't getting along to it, that's your brand. What are you mm-hmm. doing? True. Breathe. Come out of the come out of the public eye. Go into your car. Have the conversation when you get home. It takes a level of maturity. Like as we spoke about earlier, I would be the person who would pop off in a second. Mm-hmm. The person I am now is introspective. Okay. What could I have done differently? What did I do to cause this person to feel this way to where they now are saying X, Y, and Z, or did I not do anything? I still need to handle it a lot differently. Even in the relationship, how Carlos feels, how he navigates through this relationship and how I make him feel are the utmost importance to me. It's not important how I feel all the time. It's not because it's about give and go. You can see it in his eyes that he doesn't care about he, how he feels all the time either. How do I feel? But, but that's something you, you get to know when you get to know your mate and you're choosing a mate to be with. Do they really mesh with you? Right? Like it's, it's not just about, can we hold hands and will he pick up the bill? And it, it no, no, is he, he, him being, um, a Christian? And knowing the Bible infinitely better than I do and growing up in the church, that was a draw for me. It was a huge draw. He's the one that started me to start praying consistently over my food. I didn't before. And and I know that seems so small, but it's huge. Yeah. yeah. It's huge. The consistency of God and God's blessing and to see it, he helped me to see that. Do you know what? You sound like you should be a marriage counselor. I'm I'm glad that you think so. I really I I try to tell people, um, anyone who will listen about what it's really like to be in a relationship, like a sustainable relationship. Anyone can get married. Anyone can call themselves your boyfriend or your girlfriend. But are you truly happy? Do you feel like a puzzle piece? Do you feel like you really fit with this person in all scenarios? If we were to go out to the middle of the desert and be stranded. I know Carlos and I got this. We're not going to argue. We're not going to, I'm going to be, he already knows I'm going to be a lot to deal with because I'm going to be tired. I'm going to be hungry. And once those two things happen, he already knows how to navigate me. Right. Okay. But do you have that? Do you have that person who is adaptable to every situation? That's lovely. What I'm, what I'm really feeling is that that period of you praying for and for God to prepare you, prepare your husband. God, mm-hmm. you, you invested because mm-hmm. it sounds like you have a very, like what I would call, deep and loving and mature marriage. So we're going to leave it there now. We'll be welcoming Vinny back to continue the conversation. But in the meantime, here's a spiritual wellness tip. It's a scripture from Joel chapter 2 verses 25 and 26. And it reads, I'll make up for the years of the locust, the great locust devastation. Locust savage, locusts deadly, fierce locusts, locusts of doom. 
that great locust invasion I sent your way. You'll eat your fill of good food. You'll be full of praises to your God, the God who has set you back on your heels in wonder. Thank you for listening. Do follow and join me again next time on Mary Lyre Talks Beyond the Smile.